The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to the Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to grow their companies and take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marsha, your Smart Moves Coach. I get you on the right track, make sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for business success. Today, my guest is Linda Bush, and she will be talking about growth or die. Linda leads Bush Anderson Associates, a Dallas-based global leadership development firm specializing in business leadership with a relentless focus on client results and satisfaction. For me, the most interesting thing about Linda is that she and her husband, Greg Anderson, offered their North Texas Diamond Bee Rocking A Ranch for corporate retreats. They also operate Equine Youth Experiences, a licensed nonprofit equine assisted therapy center for special need children and at risk. Perhaps, Linda, later in the program, you can tell the listeners more about that ranch and the equine youth experiences. Welcome, Linda. Thank you, Marcia, and I'd be delighted to do that. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, you know, uh, you're going to be talking about the life cycle of business. But the phrase that comes to my mind is, here today, gone tomorrow. Are there companies uh, that that we've all grown up with that no longer appear on the business landscape and are drastically reshaped or changed? Boy, isn't that the truth. I would add a phrase to that. Uh, what got you there won't keep you there. How many companies do we know that we've grown up with, even if this dates you and me a little bit, like Woolworths and Montgomery Ward and Gimbel's and Western Auto, even more recently, Borders Books and restaurant chains like Mr. Steak and Chi-Chi's and automakers like Oldsmobile. There's a dizzying list of companies that are now defunct. And so here today, gone tomorrow, what got you there won't keep you there, you bet. We know well, technology companies, too, that have had a long run, and then they either don't have the same name today or they've been drastically reshaped or they're just not even on the landscape. Well, I'm sure our audience could probably think of many more examples, but let's move on. Um, you're going to be talking about the life cycle, the business life cycle. Can you start uh, by g- talking about what it is and why it's important? Sure. There are 
probably many published versions of the life cycles or we might say the growth curve of a business as it applies to beginning to growth and then to ending or transforming. And typically those are represented as like a, an S-curve with breakpoints. And those breakpoints might break the curve into three or five phases and we could describe you know, the characteristics and the drivers in those phases and what leadership needs to be doing in those phases to, to ensure progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also had a, uh, a, an important quote, and uh, would you like to talk about that right now? Yes, you and I were talking about that. Well, back in the late 80s to early 90s, we were at IBM where I had my management career, we were fortunate to come across the work of Dr. George Ainsworth Land and his seminal book, Grow or Die. His subtitle is The Unifying Principle of Transformation. And Dr. Land was able to sort of move from general system scientist into a, a real business of helping to grow companies by helping them with strategic and creative leadership development, helping them think about their strategies for survival. And the quote that I think you're referring to is this concept that growth cannot occur independently. It requires interaction and interrelation between that growing thing and the environment in which it grows. So that's Mm. sort of a paraphrase from directly from his book, Grow or Die. And so that's how I like to start the conversation with a business executive or an owner or a leadership team is to think about the environment in which they are growing and how that has an effect on how they should strategically plan their growth. Hmm. It sounds pretty reasonable, but is it? Right. (laughs) It, it, It is, isn't it? We think about our careers. Well, our careers have a growth trajectory and, and our, um, relationships have growth trajectories and those all occur in relationship to the environment in which our career is growing. Well, it's the same with a business. It's it's a simple idea to grasp, but I think it's probably phenomenally important for a business to truly incorporate that idea into their plans and systems mm-hmm. in order to to execute to assure growth. So you know, take it back to the title of the book. The book is Grow or Die. There aren't options here. <laughs> uh, we could plateau for a while before we die, but but the the growth is something that you want to see ongoing, and uh, therefore plan for it and try to try to forecast how to work through those changes in the environment. I know that there is a graph on the growth curve about the growth curve, but. Um, you know, I'm a very visual person, so how help me and the audience visualize this growth curve? Well, sure, thanks. And you and I both, very visual people. And since we're on the radio and not on a on a webinar or something, I, I'll I'll pretend we remember our eighth grade algebra or something, and, <laughs> and ask everybody to draw two axes. And if I remember right, the x-axis is the horizontal one that crosses the page and the vertical axis is the y-axis. So on the vertical axis, we would label it uh, success and, and 
income and complexity. So it's going to grow from the lower left to the top of the page. And then our horizontal axis, axis, excuse me, is something we would label time and effort. And so it would go from the left side of the page to the right side of the page so that over time we're growing our success, which of course grows our complexity. And then inside that open space, inside that right angle of open space, I would have everyone draw sort of an elongated and tilted S, the letter S, starting at the lower left and then climbing up to the upper right. And it, it, I got to thinking about it to describe to a radio audience, it's almost like a hockey stick or maybe a gravy ladle. And so you've got the, the bend at one end and then the longer uh, shaft or handle that goes kind of up to the upper right. And then another curve at the top where you're going to hold your hand on the hockey stick or where you're going to hold the gravy ladle. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we're talking about three phases of, uh, of business growth. Well, yeah. So phase one in, in this growth curve that I'm going to refer to today would be a vertical hash mark or break point right where the ladle itself, the cup, would join the, the handle. So just an inch or two over on the page, it's that scooped out part where we are um, really early in the process. And then we grow in phase two, and so that would be like the long shaft or handle of your ladle or hockey stick. And then at the top of that shaft, you're going to sort of bend your curve again, and that's the beginning of phase three. Hmm. Well, that, you know, that helps me a, a lot, and I hope it helps the audience as well. So l- let's get further into it. Let's talk about phase one. Uh, what is a business experiencing in phase one? And then, then we're going to get into the leadership of h- how do you lead f- uh, a phase one business. I think, I think that would be a good approach because you have some characteristics, but Everybody can probably relate to the characteristics, but then what do they do with that? So I think that's a great idea. If, if you don't mind, I'll just kind of give a, um, an overview of each phase real quickly, and then we okay. can get yeah, more into Certainly. detail. Mm-hmm. But in phase one, I would say a business is all about invention, and then mm-hmm. they become very entrepreneurial to get that invention out in the marketplace. And in phase two, the business is more about improving and developing systems. And so the second phase is more about managing success and managing complexity. And then in phase three, a business needs to be all about innovation and Mm. transformation and diversification. So by the time you're pretty big and complex and successful and profitable, you still have to be kind of looking on the outside for what do you need to do to stay relevant in phase three. So we could map, you know, both problem solving and leadership development to all three of those phases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start out in this invention and then it goes to improvement and then it goes to innovation. So let's start with invention, that phase one. Tell me a bit about it and then the leader and also, you know, what kinds of leader would would be successful in that phase? I actually work with a lot of phase one companies or or I have at least over the last twenty years. A phase one company is highly entrepreneurial. It's it's starting out perhaps because it has a new shake up the market idea 
or new strategies for existing ideas or new products or new services. And so the very nature of phase one is survival. It is fast-paced. It's a little chaotic. Um, it's, uh, perhaps there's a feeling of randomness in, in any given day and week. And yet it's a time of very clear vision and direction. You know, it's like we know what we're here to do and we're very excited about that. So in this phase of growth, we're really about taking a risk that our idea or plan or product or service is needed, and yet we don't have a grooved swing, I like to call it. We don't, we don't know exactly what our market niche is, but we're willing to try some things and see if we get market acceptance. And so a lot of effort goes into attracting and pleasing and keeping the paying customer because prospects, pro, excuse me, prospects are going to ask, well, do you do this? And, of course, so that we get some cash flow going, we're going to say, yes, we do, or at least we're going to say, well, what did you have in mind so we can keep the dialogue going? Well, it seems like they're chasing a lot of rabbits out there. <laughs> and um, we're going to be taking a break soon. And when we get back, let's talk about the, the kinds of the, the leadership, the characteristics of leaders at a little more phase one. And then we'll go into phase two. So now it's time for a break. And when Linda comes back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. 
Linda, we were talking about phase one, and one might say uh, that all that effort might result in a little gain. So what's the trick? What do, what do business leaders need to know? You're absolutely right. It's a lot of effort. It is a it is an exhausting but inspiring time in phase one. And so leadership is going to be typically embodied in like one strong leader or a passionate individual or the inventor him or herself who can really be energetic about describing the, the future, the vision, the direction, the strategy. And they can outline everybody's role in achieving success. So there's a lot keying on this leader or maybe it's a partnership, a couple of people. And that leader becomes very hands-on in phase one with task direction because most of the the process, the ideas are in their head. And Mm -hmm. they are very involved also in building relationships then within the small organization. So they're going to be... I would use two terms, really directive and really supportive in Mm -hmm. phase one. Mm -hmm. And what other traits or characteristics are there in phase one? Well, I don't don't think it matters whether you're for-profit or not-for-profit. The focus is going to be on doing projects that you can actually accomplish that that aren't going to overly tax your ability to, to bring something to market but you could deliver with your limited resources. Remember, we don't have cash flow yet. We don't have profitability yet. We have a lot of effort and very little cash or revenue gain. So there's going to be a lot of focus on acquiring and maintaining some resources. And I don't just mean money, of course. I mean the right people and maybe we need space or raw material, whatever it is. So it's very likely we're going to be dependent on a few key resources and key people and that minimal funding that will keep us afloat. And we get to start picking our team. We get to choose our employees. They're all going to be handpicked for their talent, their resume, their expertise, if you will, but also their high energy for this particular time. And because there's very little hierarchy, you know, everybody's sort of doing everything that needs to get done. Um, it doesn't matter what your job title is, you're going to pitch in and it's going to be long hours to get it working. And so we're not yet necessarily documenting systems and procedures. We're making some notes, but we're not about that big infrastructure yet. We are really into getting early adopting customers or clients and staffing up with energy around the vision of the founder. And so... Mm -hmm. Hopefully, word's going to spread of our offerings and capabilities, you know, because this is not a time for spending vast sums of money on marketing and branding, but you're going to need those those referrals to fuel your growth and get uh, a strong clientele. So it's a time of learning from mistakes and getting a few early wins and everyone being flexible. Well, you know, I've given a term to that, and that's called uh, leading by the seat of your pants. <laughs> and hopefully it's going to get you to where you want to go. Um, as we end this phase, um, be, uh, can you give uh, the listeners some smart moves, uh, one or two smart moves, so that they can make sure they get on the right track and stay on the right track in terms of, of, of phase one? Well, sure. One of them would be that, that you're – you're uh, aware that it's going to take all this effort. 
So not to, to shortchange the, the beginning of growth with the idea that it's an 8 to 5. I think that's probably intuitively obvious, but you're also going to have that assumption and expectation about other people chipping in that kind of time and effort, and so to be very clear with others about that. Uh, I think another key smart move would be to be careful with your resources. And so it's easy to want to put up, you know, a lot of advertising at first or a swank office or a state-of-the-art facility, and you may not be able to do that with limited resources right at the beginning, but plan for it into the future so that you don't spend yourself into bankruptcy right off the bat. Well, now that we finished phase one and we're moving into phase two, which is a very interesting because you talk about early and late phase two. So why yeah, don't do. we transition into that and tell them a little bit uh, about it, okay? Well, sure. The, the interesting thing is that what, what tells us we're in phase two, what, what makes it clear is that our deliverables, whatever we offer the marketplace, is finally being accepted and big time accepted. So our leaders can funnel more of our resources into a, a more niched or, or specific direction. That's what I was earlier calling that grooved swing, a real defined, repeatable program or offering, or maybe mm-hmm. it's products or services, that we now know and are clear the market needs and wants and will spend money for and come back to us for. So we're the preferred provider. And it's really also a time of saying we do this and we don't do this. So it's getting clarity around our offerings and we don't have to do as many, um, I think the term is one-offs. You know, we, we did it this one time so we could get their, their trust and credibility in us. But we don't have to do as many one-offs when we're into phase two. Okay. Um are we making money at this phase? <laughs> That's the idea, right? So right. We're, yes. If we're a for-profit, we're making money, there's cash flowing, and if we're a not-for-profit, the donations are coming in and we're, you know, we are we are able to deliver our unique service um, with pretty much assurance that the, the the volunteers and the cash are going to be there. And so as our coffers are filling, we can begin to focus in phase two more on infrastructure. And that's really, really important because as we grow, it's obvious we're going to need bigger space or more equipment, more resources, maybe technology, right? But we're also going to need more people, more hires. We're going to need to kind of compartmentalize, if you will, what their roles are and be more clear about defining those roles where we said in phase one everybody kind of does everything so we can get the work out. Uh-huh. So we really do need to go from, as you said, seat of the pants to kind of a feet feet on the ground and get production-oriented. So we're going to mm. develop systems. We're going to develop rules and procedures that are supportive of dro- driving our production and quality uh-huh. and information systems and financial stewardship and good quality facilities and, oh, dear, human resources comes into play, right? So we really have to start beginning to see this as a viable business that's going to need infrastructure. Well, you know, you've talked about the, the kinds of leadership and the what, what uh, business leaders need to do. Um, are we finished with phase, uh, the, the early phase? Is there other things you would like to say about the early phase before we get to the later phase? Sure. Um, I would emphasize at this part that we are 
we're still leader-oriented, meaning, you know, we have to support relationships and we have to keep a focus on vision, but we're also adding management behaviors or a management orientation. And I distinguish those two terms, leader-manager. I think that's, you know, something we need to talk about when we talk to companies as they grow, that there's a difference. And so this early phase two, as far as the people with leadership titles, to remember that you are going to become more management-oriented as well so you can focus on systems. Right, and I, I see that in the companies I work with as well, that those who have started with the company, and they may be very good to, uh, IT people or um, uh, marketing people, um, can they really grow into the kind of management that is needed for phase two so this is so your human resources and your talent this is where talent management comes in and i really think that's that's important um are we ready to to move to uh the late phase two sure and you know you said something that just reminded me of something i'd like to add and that is sure we we need the leadership team to be a team right so in this this phase we're we're getting less dependent on that visionary iconic leader of the of the founding of the business and and we're getting more focused on being a quality leadership team of managers uh manager leaders who mm-hmm. will help to propel us through the growth of the systems as well as the growth of the uh external uh marketplace growing our our position in the marketplace and market share so you'll know that you're moving into the later phase too when you begin to see the results of all your hard work and all your lessons learned from phase one and the juncture into phase two. And so I think you're going to start seeing more customer loyalty uh-huh. and, oh, my gosh, profits and <laughs> leadership becoming okay. more focused on trust. Right. And uh, what's the atmosphere there? Because, you know, w- once it's starting to take off, I think that you will see, isn't there a sense of pride with the employees mm-hmm. and they really I- identify w- with the company and they really want to do well? Is that you're, has- you're right on, Marcia, and I can tell you are visionary. You're imagining this business growing into phase two and and people are celebratory. They are they have worked really hard to get to this point. They're eagerly welcoming the new hires who are going to help them grow. There's a real pride. We're starting to do branding and so forth. And so they're really enjoying that this is like a real job now. And there's training opportunities and career planning discussions with their managers. And managers have an opportunity to grow. And I think it's a very celebratory time. Mm. Okay, now we are moving up that curve to the late phase two. Tell me a bit about that. Late phase two is either a danger zone (laughs) or it is a time of uh, doing a couple of things, working in your business but also on your business. So I joke that, you know, at this point, late phase two, our manager's manual may cover so many policies and procedures that it needs a truck to be driven around or a moving dolly. And, you know, we're at the high point of success, but gosh, that's also the high point of complexity. So, for example, we now have additional layers of management and we have more complicated decision-making processes and we have 
maybe considered, you know, a little spin-off to go examine this part of the marketplace and should we create a new product line or a new deliverable. And we might even spin out a division to be a, a wholly owned subsidiary or something. And gosh, all of that needs resources and space and management talent and new hires. So it's a complicated time and the dangerous tendency would be well, we never did it like that before, or why should we change? Mm. Well, you know, in my experience in coaching and consulting, I have seen and come across, if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude. And so we're going to be taking our next break, and when we come back, let's let's focus on that, you know, it's not invented here, uh, uh, prove it, and what happens to that innovative spirit. So... Um, we're taking a quick break and we'll be back with Linda Bush on a Grow or Die. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Social media is growing at an astounding rate. In just virtually five short years, we have seen YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter take the world by storm. How do you effectively make social media work for you? Tune in to The Social Universe with host Kurt Wilhelm. We'll show you how to market your business or yourself to get ahead, especially in unstable economic times. We'll also discuss practices that you can apply to increase visibility and revenue as you unlock the mysteries of the social universe. The Social Universe is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Belinda, when we... uh you talked about some of the dangers in this phase. Although it's there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of there's growth, there is certainly are dangers. So what might be some smart moves or things that you would recommend to leaders uh, so that they would be successful in this phase? Well, it is a time of being careful about getting too comfortable with business as usual. Business as usual could be very unhealthy in late phase two because at this point, business as usual becomes an end in itself, right? And so 
we've built up our department or our division if it's a larger company and to continually be inwardly focused and a bit arrogant, may I say, um, would not lead to successful progression into phase three. It would lead to death, honestly, or at least a very heavy and weighty uh, process for, for decision-making. So the smart move to me is to think of yourself as a change agent, and that might be a scary term, but but to think of yourself as keeping an eye externally to see what is needed in the marketplace and are we still going to be relevant in two years or uh, and to also be focused internally or do we have the resources we're going to need to survive into the next phase. Hmm. Um, okay, are we ready to move on to phase three? I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. Um, what's phase three all about? There's two sides, there's two ways to look at phase three. It's, as we described that, that elongated, flattened hockey stick, if you will, it is that in this phase you're going to grow or you're going to die. So we can flatten out, sort of plateau, or we can reinvent and transform and be still relevant in the marketplace, which is a changing environment. And, and grow once again onto a new curve. So I'm going to talk about it from two perspectives, if you will, that we've got to avoid assuming that what dominates today will dominate tomorrow. Um, there's actually a term for that, existence bias. If we exist today, we're going to exist tomorrow, right? And so right. that, as we know from the, the companies we looked at in the, when we started the hour, that is obviously not going to work if we don't keep our eye on what's, uh, you know, keep our head out of the sand, if you will, and think about we're not completely in control. We are in an environment that we have to keep looking at the outside as well and not, not ignore the signs in the marketplace, the advances in technology or research, um, the changes in demographics, the changes in a regulatory environment. There's so much to be aware of on the outside at a time when we've been so focused on growing our infrastructure. So you really got to guard against that not invented here mentality mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, keep a watchful eye on the inroads made by more nimble and small companies that are out there eating away at your market share and you're not even noticing it because your coffers are full. So, you know, look at the airline industry. Who's ever heard of Spirit Airlines until recently? And... And American Airlines and Delta and United are, and Northwestern, they're, they're all facing huge shifts, including hmm. bankruptcy in some cases. Well, you know, there's a, f- um, a quote, um, nothing fails like success. <laughs> <laughs> Does that describe this phase? That's, that's another good example, sure. Um, to avoid dying, if you will, or organizational death, the leaders have to stay focused on innovation in product and service. They've got to think about how are we going to continually not just satisfy customers but delight customers and attract new ones and stay ahead of competition. And and that means redefining who the competition is because we may not even be paying attention to the little guy out there, to the little companies out there. Um, so staying the course in phase three is prohibitively expensive and change is a business imperative. 
and that's a scary word. Why do you think it's scary to people? Yeah, well, think about it. After you've built up your career and your your division or your department and your expertise, and you say, like you said, nothing fails like success, well, now we can get so entrenched that we do more finger-pointing you know, about other departments or other people that get in our way than real problem-solving. And so we have to kind of keep an eye on what's it going to take to rebuild or re-energize our company to continue the growth and excellence. And that that flattening is what we've got to get over with a new vision of, um, and, you know, an enthusiastic place to go that we're going to do now at a more complex stage of our growth. So it's not going to be a vocal, single entrepreneur as it was in phase one, and yet the energy and the exhaustion and the changes and the the little bit of chaos and risk-taking are very similar to stage one. So seeing that you need to, to make these changes and then have the courage to speak up about it and take the lead, that's really where um, I think your leaders are going to have to take uh, maybe a new role in being a change agent. Mm. And do many leaders um, make that transition, or do they have problems? <laughs> That's often where I'm called in <laughs> to work with them, because it could be um, the strategy has been described, and it's visionary and it's exciting, but people don't know what to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so there, that means a change in their department, on their team. It means roles are being redefined. It means a change in resources, or maybe they've cut back on their resources because they're pulling those those dollars into new things that need to be developed. And so uh, if I could offer a current example of that, sure. this mm-hmm. is the first time in history, if you look at the marketplace, that four generations of workers are represented in the workforce. And that creates enormous dynamics in play. So another example would be how many companies are moving because of the demand in the marketplace, their business to online and certainly mobile commerce. So we used to say e-commerce, and now we're getting comfortable with e-commerce, and now we're talking mobile commerce. And businesses who think that that doesn't apply to them are going to be left behind. And so a leader can't tolerate complaining or denying those changes internally because instead they're going to have to build the infrastructure and the offerings that allow them to get into the marketplace the way business is going to be done. Mm. And um, are there smart moves for this stage of of phase three that can help leaders um, really be successful? And you probably talked about it earlier, but maybe you can reiterate some of the things that they need to know, need to do. You bet. I would would emphasize... uh, communicating with others as a change agent, and that means less telling and more asking. Uh, so to be more specific than we were before, to, to be in the mode of asking questions and facilitating dialogue and facilitating decision-making and problem-solving. Um, what are you hearing? What, do, what have you seen? Would you do this research and report back to us? And then um, also incorporating a lot of customer dialogue because, you know, if they've trusted you this long, they they probably have a lot on their plate that you can help them with 
that would grow your business into the new curve. So I'm going to say it's a time to make perhaps risky and bold changes, but do so in a decisive way where you've really calculated the risk you're going to take. It's not risk for the sake of taking risk, obviously, but the transformation and tangible shift needs to take place with uh, dialogue and, and you know, a true look at the, at the external environment and the facts of the matter. So it is both, and you emphasize the external environment and the shifts and the changes that have to be made in the strategy, in the way leaders lead. Um, what about looking internally? What kinds of, of, of shifts do, has to be made in terms of their people, their talent? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? That the, you, you remind me actually of the, the powerful changes that were made uh, in my career when I was uh, in the latter stages of my management career at IBM in the late 80s. And as we were, um, you know, facing a, a time of total redefinition, how that changed the internal culture and mm. made it a very rocky road for a lot of people. And so it does influence your talent and it influence your, your onboards, and then it also influences your culture. And I like to say, you know, easier said than done. We love our culture. We, <laughs> we brag about our culture. Right. And now we're supposed to change it? That's pretty threatening. So to use the language of smart moves again, it is to be able to strategically design the renewal of your culture by preserving the best of the past and then designing in or architecting elements that are needed to sustain the business into the future. And, again, that's because of the market demands and the environment in which growth is taking place, to bring us back to our first quote. So whenever I'm called on to support this process, I use a facilitated approach called appreciative inquiry. And as you can Mm -hmm. tell by the title, it appreciates that which we already do well and know and love and honor, and then also propels us into this uncertain uncertainty of the future with things that we need to grow into and and become better at. Well, you know, the last thing you said is so meaningful to me because I think inadvertently when companies are moving are looking into the future and they're moving fast and furious into the uh, to the future they sometimes forget about all those who have helped bring the organization to the point where it is now mm-hmm. and it's i call it, you call it honoring the past uh, I've done uh, a proud wall and an honor wall when I'm facilitating retreats to 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 honor the people and the projects and the programs that brought them to this point. Um, anything else you would like to say about this phase before we go to, um, uh, to the break? One thing that I'm not sure I touched on so much is the, the, the idea of outreach. Who are our new partners going to be? Who are our new hires going to be and where are we going to find them, you know, assuming we're planning for continual growth? And what kind of technologies and equipment are going to be needed? So it really is a time for leadership to look in the mirror and ask themselves if they're ready for transformation and to stay current with market developments. And that includes 
who they might be able to hire and who they might be able to partner with, as well as their resources in technology and finance. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Exciting. So let's take a break, and we'll come back to more exciting times about Grow or Die. which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Well, Linda, in the time remaining, can you summarize the essence of growth and die and the phases? Okay, sure. The, in case somebody wasn't with us at the top of the hour, I would just remind us that phase one, two, and three, generally speaking, are about phase one, invention, and so it's very entrepreneurial, something new that you bring to market. Phase two, rapid growth, and so the need to manage successful systems and grow an infrastructure that supports your growth so you can deliver. And then in phase three, so that you don't plateau and die, to literally get ready to create a third, a new curve in phase three and be more about innovation in response to the marketplace, the external demands. And so it's again about vision and clarity but with a distributed leadership system, not just one iconic inventor in the beginning phase. So it's a, a wonderful way to bracket and sort of give a framework to how you grow your organization, but also how leaders need to be focused in the various phases so that you continue to be a viable and uh, emerging company by the time you hit phase three. Well, you know, um, 
We at the beginning we talked about uh, companies who are no longer appear on the business landscape or they're drastically changed. And you gave some wonderful examples of Woolworths and Montgomery Ward and Borders and uh, certain restaurants and technology companies and 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 even companies that have had to reinvent themselves like Kodak. Um, any thoughts about the companies, the growing companies of today, from your experience? Who are the, the key ones that might be growing today? Well, certainly we have a lot of shift in the, the large, you know, Fortune 100 type businesses out there, the industries like the airlines and automotive and so forth. And I would remind people to be looking at the small companies that you think don't matter, but they're starting to eat away at market share of the larger companies that have been, you know, the legacy companies. And nobody is too big to fail. So whether it's regulatory environment or um, a disaster like a spill in the Gulf or everybody has to be uh, key and cleared that they're keying on strategies that continually are needed and wanted by the marketplace and then staffing for that and being ready from a technological standpoint or resource standpoint. So what we like to do is um, make sure that the the leadership mindset and and frameworks are relevant to where the business feels that it is in terms of its growth, and that can be very eye-opening and very exciting time. It certainly can. And in reality, you know, what you've talked about through the grow and die in the three phases is what I call the, the, it's a triangle and smart growth to me. And that means here today and here tomorrow, not here today and gone tomorrow, but here today and here tomorrow and thriving and growing is you need a growth agenda. And that is your strategies and your plan and your culture that has to adapt as you go through these different phases. Then you need you what I call your growth engine, and that are the people, the human resources. When I hear uh, companies say people are our most valuable resources, our most valuable assets, I have to say to them, well, how does that play out? How do you, how do you, how is it demonstrated in your company? So the people piece, the talent piece is so important, and you'll need different talent, kinds of talent at different stages. And then finally, there's that leadership. That's the glue that makes it happen. And as you talked about it, there are different kinds of leadership, different skill sets uh, for phase one and phase two and phase three. And hopefully, most leaders can can make that shift, some more successfully than others. So I really want to thank you, Linda, for this very enlightening um, uh, the information you've given about the three phases and growth and die. And hopefully most companies are going to grow and not die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, at least we'll try to keep them growing. Correct, Linda? There we go. <laughs> so, um, why don't you tell us a little more? We have a little more time. Tell us a little more about yourself and, um, if you'd like to talk about that ranch. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, we're, we're very interested in helping executive teams prepare for strategic change. And so my firm offers our ranch retreat in North Texas, about an hour north of Dallas. And we also have in Las Colinas a very 
professional business environment uh, atop Williams Square that we use with beautiful training rooms and conference space. But in either venue, uh, we like to offer very experiential facilitated offerings that allow a team or a couple of executives that are focused on redirecting a company to experientially uh, understand the business uh, phase that they're in and what is required to move into the next phase. And when I say experientially, I mean with activities that are focused on where they are and where they need to be and then create the the discomfort, if you will, uh, in order to create disruptive, creative change. And so I, while those terms can be scary, we make it a very comfortable uh, but challenging uh, process with facilitation of activities and then clear blueprints for taking action. And then we also like to work with emerging leaders. So, for example, I work with a lot of multi-generational companies, second and third generation owners of small to medium-sized businesses. And, you know, they're in the food chain to the large businesses of the world, and huh? we, we like to help them uh, with their excellence and with their mastery of, of leadership development and help their emerging leaders with, mastermind groups and coaching and leadership, very focused leadership training. So for any any type of, of leadership role, we can offer that experiential development. And we also offer strengths-based uh, assessment tools using the BrainStyle system, which is a unique thing that we can do uh, to help people think about how they're actually hardwired to think and make decisions and use that knowledge to build synergistic teams and to make good, solid decisions everybody can get behind. Mm. Well, it sounds like I know, I know you, you're a multi-talented person, and you offer so many great things in the Dallas area, and I would recommend people to come on down to Dallas and come on down to Texas um, to enjoy um, and experience what Linda has to offer. And um, I want to um, um, give the audience a taste of what's uh, next. And if we have time, I want us to go back to how you got the name Diamond B Rockin' A Ranch. But first, um, next week, next week's topic is business culture. And I think it's one of the most important things that companies have to be aware of. And it starts from the time the company is... Um, it, it is growing, and it starts when the company starts. You cannot bring a culture after you've been in existence for three, four, five, or ten years. It's awfully hard. So um, next week, it's going to be about a business culture, how to grow it, how to thrive in it, and how to make sure it doesn't kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, my guest is Dr. Ann Ferrante, who is an educator, an executive coach, and cultural expert. Uh, during her corporate career as an internal organization development consultant for AT&T, she has led many leadership and employee development programs. And uh, while living and working abroad in Europe, the Middle East, and India, and, and gained firsthand knowledge of global workforces and cross-cultural management. Um, and so she knows... She knows about culture. She has worked in, cu in different cultures, uh, both business cultures as well as um, cultures of different countries, and she brings a really great uh, background to this. Um, and uh, really quickly, because we have um, 
uh, uh, one minute, um, uh, the diamond, uh, Texas diamond bee rocking a ranch. 30 seconds of what it is. <laughs> Thank you. The diamond bee rocking a, which stands for Bush Anderson, uh, is a, a facility for a working ranch retreat for executive, corporate, or small business teams. And then also we have our equine youth experiences that offers certified and licensed uh, really groundbreaking training and development opportunities for at-risk youth using mm-hmm. natural horsemanship and also a uh, patented process for developmentally disadvantaged children or delayed uh, children and youth. And so we're, we're very happy to offer that as our ministry. Well, that sounds wonderful. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this is Marcia Zidal. I'm the CEO of Leaders at All Levels, the Smart Move Executive Coach and Speaker. I work with uh, companies, professional practices, and business leaders on the move. They want to move up to the next level, ahead of the competition, into new areas, over and around obstacles, towards having staying power. That means alive and well today and to tomorrow. Uh, remember, grow or die. So I want to thank you, Linda, so much for your great information and insights. And I invite people to talk to Linda about her Diamond Bee Rockin' A Ranch. I plan to come and visit with her and, and see her equine center. I hope listeners will tune in next week to hear about the business culture, how to grow it, how to thrive in it, and how to make sure it doesn't kill you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out it, the following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests 